Good evening and welcome back to your weekly news update from Brushcliffe Observer. In today's report, I'll be educating your local domestic abuse figures and the impact that coronavirus has had on many victims, locally and all over the world. I'm joined by Maddie Shaw, a local domestic abuse advocate who spends her free time raising awareness for women and men who have been victims to domestic abuse. She looks at many things, including patterns of behaviour of the abuser and how it can affect you not only during, but also in the long term. Good afternoon, Maddie. Thank you very much for having me. I chose domestic abuse as today's topic, as I felt it's not talked about enough. Many people tend to brush it under the carpet and it's seen as almost taboo. Yeah, it is indeed, not only to victims, but to people in general. It's a topic that not many people want to talk about as it's something they want to stay oblivious to. I've met with many survivors who have told me that they didn't speak out to anyone about their abuser because they were reluctant to admit it was happening to them. Yes, I asked listeners to send in any questions they'd like to ask you. And quite a few of them asked, how do you know if you're a victim of domestic abuse? Well, I think by having to ask that question, you're going to be a victim in some shape or form because it wouldn't even cross your mind if you were in a happy and loving relationship. But I think there are a few things that can help you answer that question, like, is your partner jealous and possessive? Are they charming one minute, then abusive the next? You know, does he control where you go, let's say by tracking your phone or having ownership of your finances? These are quite obvious things, but it can be smaller things like making you doubt your judgement and telling you what you can and can't wear. I noticed you said he there. Why is that? Although I do like to raise awareness to the fact that domestic violence can victimise both male and female, in my experience and research, I've come across more cases that have targeted women and opposed to men. The current statistic for adults experienced domestic abuse is 2.4 million in the last year. That makes it 6 in 100 adults. In the UK, about 4.2% of victims are male and 7.9% are female, therefore showing that women are more likely to experience repeated forms of abuse, including sexual violence, making it a gendered crime. It's interesting that you call it a gendered crime, as I always assume that domestic abuse victimise women and men equally. So you'd say that it's important to raise awareness to the fact that it is mainly women affected by domestic abuse. Would you prioritise female victimisation over men? Yes, 100%, which is why I think it's really good that we have a female survivor here today to tell her story. Because yes, we do need to raise awareness to the fact that men can be victims to this awful crime, but the majority of cases are women, which means that it's more important to make this clear. I completely agree with you there, and I think it's important to know how brave our survivor is, and if she's ready, we're going to let Meg tell her story. Hi, thank you for having me. At first he was charming, generous, he'd buy me flowers every other day and we would go out for special dinners. We just clicked and understood each other so well, we had so much in common. I think this is why it took me so long to realise he was abusive, because whenever I doubted him for telling me what to wear or what to eat, I thought it's nothing compared to our connection. I didn't want to acknowledge that he could be controlling or abusive. This went on for three years. He'd drop a small comment about my weight and say that I was getting fat or that I needed to do more exercise. At first I thought he was just trying to motivate me until he would come on the weekly shop to make sure I didn't buy any snacks that I could sneakily eat when I got home. The first time he hit me was the realisation. I needed to get out but I was stuck. He controlled everything in my life, my finances, my job, He'd track my journey to and from work to make sure I went straight there and back. I realised he was scared that I'd tell people about him. 
and actually after a while I did. I spoke to my best friend but he found out and managed to convince her otherwise. We lost contact after that. When he found out about me telling her he hit me three times. I had two black eyes and a bruised stomach from where he had kicked me. Then he raped me. I felt trapped for a long time after that. I was isolated and lonely. Then my worst nightmare came, COVID-19. We went into lockdown, which meant we were both working from home. I'm a teacher, so I was doing online lessons for my students. It was my only freedom during that time. The physical abuse became daily and emotionally I broke down. I became severely depressed and needed a way of getting help. His reply to me when I told him was, well, you have me, who else could you possibly need? When COVID restrictions became lifted, he started to go back to work. That's when I decided I wanted to get help. I spoke to my mum and packed a bag one day. When he was gone, I left and never looked back. Meg, thank you for being so strong and sharing that story. And thank you to everyone who's listening today. Have a good night.